Radio, CIUT 89.5, the sound of your city. The views and opinions expressed on the following program are those of the producers and or the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of CIUT-FM. Hello and welcome to The More the Merrier with Donna G on CIUT 89.5 FM. Au fait j'ai voulu te te téléphoner pour te te demander allô quelque chose quoi Quelque chose quoi J'en ai assez Elles ne font que m'appeler Oui mais moi je vais me fâcher Il est pas là sur moi de là Allô En fait j'ai voulu te, te téléphoner Pour te, te demander Allô quelque chose quoi Quelque chose quoi Oui le son est reparti Marche de mon appétit, oui, même papa de mon lit, il bangle la sauve-moi de là. Allô, en fait j'ai voulu te, te téléphoner pour te, te demander, allô, quelque chose quoi, quelque chose quoi. Je voulais te, te téléphoner ah, ah, pour te, te demander Allô, quelque 
You're listening to The More the Merrier with Donna G. That track was called Allo Allo by Zap Mama. This show features interviews from the Toronto International Film Festival. Yes, I know the festival has wrapped, but we still have interesting directors to talk to and learn about. And I want you to hear about their films. The first is Weeding Ho speaking about terrorizers, and then Aga Voschinska to talk about her film, Silent Land. And in between and afterwards, I will have music for you. So keep it locked to CIUT 89.5 FM.
You're listening to CIUT 89.5 FM. This is Donna G. The show is The More the Merrier. And joining me is director Wee Ding Ho, the director and partial screenwriter of Terrorizers. Wee Ding, welcome to the show and welcome back to Toronto. Thank you. So Wee Ding, what's it been, what's it like for you to come back to the Toronto International Film Festival? Uh, it just... You know, I love coming back because um, I was here. I was, in fact, here a couple of years ago with Studios of Things. Um, and before, it was Pinoy Sunday. So this is the third time I'm coming. And then uh, the last two times I was in person. So I fly, you know, I uh, I flew to Toronto and like attending the festival. So... But this time, unfortunately, I couldn't come, so I just kind of missed the uh, the whole whole festival vibe. Yeah. Yes, I know many of us are um, with this hybrid festival. Um, what does it mean for your film Terrorizers to be part of a large festival like the Toronto International Film Festival? I'm just hoping there are more people see it, uh, more people from different areas, like different cultures, to really see um, like this film. Because for me. I always like to make film that has that universal appeal, you know. Um, and uh, the story I'm trying to make, it's always like it could happen anywhere. Um, so to have this film uh, to really debut in uh, Toronto, for me, it means so much because Toronto Film Festival, it's, you know, has, has a really great audience. And uh, this is the first time I've shown this film to to the general audience, so especially people who are not from Taiwan, uh, who are in a different kind of culture. So I'm very curious about what people react, what people think. And uh, but I trust the audience in Toronto Film Festival that they have good taste, you know. So um, that's why every time I have a film, a uh, new film uh, showing in Toronto, for me, it's, it's always a good uh, like window, you know. Terrorizers, uh, the description reads, it centers on a group of young lost souls in Taipei City. Through a public slashing incident, the story follows four characters who get entangled in a multi-narrative tale of love, desire, envy, and revenge. This film, as, as the description says, is on two levels. We get the public headline of the slashing and we get the news reports but then we also get to learn about the people who are involved um was it reading headlines reading that got you um thinking about doing a script like this because you co-wrote the script uh like very often now because uh in uh, in media now more and more you know i mean now i think media basically manipulated by like the power of people. So they tend to don't show you the general pictures. You know, um, in Taiwan, the media phenomenon is quite serious, meaning that they tend to be very sensational. Uh, when things happen, they they always jump on conclusion, trying to uh, uh, portray something, and you have experts trying to like analyze everything. But a lot of people, you know, like to watch TV, uh, like listen to the media, like watch, like like watch news on TV or on the on internet. Um, they they never really trying to really figure out what's 
what's going on because you know they just listen to the media and trust them from my life experience i know there are a lot of things it's not just black and white um there are a lot of uh, the gray area and i also believe that there's no bad person it's just person who make bad choice so we're all product of like the society and upbringing so when things happen there's a lot of uh, elements that can contribute to those those events it shouldn't be just you know one thing um but but when you watch media when you watch news people like to just grab the something convenient and easy to talk about so sometimes it become kind of one sided this is what i always think about the news but this story is not just about this about the news it's also about obsession addictions it's also about loneliness so um i wasn't thinking just trying to make a film about headline you know it's more like um there's something bigger than that the whole the whole society how people are actually lonely and they are kind of affected by like technology which is internet mainly um this well, is something you... i thought about when i wrote it yeah well it definitely comes across in the film the aspect of the loneliness and the disconnectedness that uh all of your characters face can you can we talk about your cast who um many of whom have been nominated for several awards including the the golden horse awards start with uh, the character of ming liang um who is a very disaffected mm-hmm. college student and who has you know some issues that he's dealing with um lin bohang i did casting one year before productions uh, i think one year or 15 months before and uh, there are a lot of um, famous taiwan's talent show up and uh, ling po hong was uh, uh, was a famous actor in taiwan but he's always famous for playing a really uh, bright sunshine young man uh he's famous for that and uh when i saw him on the list of the casting i wasn't thinking about him i thought he was just another idol i'm like you know what those uh, those tv drama actor they, you know they are famous but they're not good and when he show up on auditions um he just said that and uh, for one whole minute looking at us uh without saying anything compared to the other candidates and we were we were a bit shocked by that we were a bit threatened by his silence and i think he was actually in a row already when he came in um so like right away i uh, you know i thought he's good and also he he's he's very good looking um i don't like to portray bad guy when they look like a bad guy you know um i always think that the more people look uh human look kind the more you know like when they do bad things you kind of how to say you are more shocked you are kind of sympathize with it so this is why this is why I cast him right away yeah yes definitely and that look in his eye is uh, is chilling <laughs> so um yeah we- i mean it's you know it's uh it's uh this is his first time playing bad guy so you know in um, in his career playing something so dark so I think it's a like a breakthrough for him. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. He does a good job. Um Moon Lee is is wonderful as Yu Fang and she is a a character 
that you think you know at the beginning, but then it turns out that there's so much more to her than you expect. Um, what did you see in her that made you want to cast her? Um, this is her first feature film. Um, she actually just acted in a couple of TV series. Um, she's not a very experienced actress, but when she came in, um, it is one of those moments. Uh, it's like the end of the day. We were kind of tired. We were like, you know what? You know, we're not seeing anybody interesting. When she walked in, she's the last one. And um, at first, we were like, we were kind of those of, I think my, my acting coach was like, you know, actually like going to sleep like soon. And, you know, <laughs> she's, she's tired. I mean, we're all tired. And, and then right away, when he starts, starts talking, because that girl has a really funny looking feature. I mean, like funny looking means um, very strange, very unique. Uh, you know, she's not like those pretty girl that, you know, like the next door pretty girl type. And we were looking at her talking. And then for some reason, I stand up, I walk in around and start looking at her from like a different angle. Because as a director, you have to shoot talents from, from different angle. So I did that. I realized that, wow, she has different look with different angle. Yes, she does. And yeah, so I feel like, I mean, she's a really, she's a strange looking girl, but she, uh, how do I say, you can look at her for a hundred minutes. You know, it's not like some some pretty girl, you just look at it for five minutes. You're like, okay, that's it, man. I, I know your story. But for some reason, I feel she has something more. Even though she's young, and experience it was a risk to try to cast her but we uh try to uh yeah i just have to try to uh, we shape her in in prep in uh, in the production in editing you know we are trying to make her like better and better yeah and i think she's very strong well, you know because as a young person who has to do so many provocative scenes you know mm -hmm. uh, it's already pretty strong yeah yes she so. it's it her eyes is in, are incredible and you're right there's something about her face that um you can't take your eyes off her her face is very fascinating in the in the yeah. in the movie uh, she uh, lives with um with uh, ming liang her character of yufang lives with ming liang but they have no connection whatsoever um they're very distant from each other which is reflective of the, the movie as a whole of you know, people being side by side, but not knowing knowing who each other are. Um, so, very um, interesting point to your to your script. Um, moving on to somebody who is uh, conventionally pretty is Annie Chen, who plays Monica. She captures this role well as well. You have a wonderful cast um, because we really feel for the character of Monica who is conventionally pretty and you think she has everything going on for her, but she's struggling to transition from being, you know, a, a camera girl to being a mainstream actress. Um, what, what made you choose Annie? Uh, we, uh, uh, I think we had a hard time casting this character. We had one before and then um, there's a schedule problem. So we have to, um, change her three months before and and again um annie was uh mainly like famous for like tv drama and it's the same thing as uh ming liang talent uh i wasn't thinking about her much you know it's uh, based on her acting on tv drama it's not what i 
agree. You know, it's uh, it's not that she's bad on TV. It just it's not my style of acting. But you know, uh, then I try to meet her. When I meet her, I realize that a lot of talents they actually has potential. It's just the way the other production, the other director, the other people ask them to act. You know, like especially in TV, you tend to overact. So. Uh, maybe that's her training in the past 10 years to make her act like this. So I realized I have to pick, uh, put some effort on on her and trying to, um, it's it's kind of, you have to teach her how to do a screen acting kind of thing. Uh, but I like the look of her because she had that kind of look that, I mean, you know, she's also an actress and also it's very, it's a courage for her to take this role because she's kind of suffered during the production because sometimes she as an actress, she has to act someone who might be good at acting. So that's pretty tough on her, you know, because she's um, sometimes she feel like, is that me who don't know how to act? Is that Monica? Is that Annie? Who, who am I? So it's kind of, uh, I think it's kind of interesting that the way she's, looks that good because I think she somehow put her own experience as an actress into that role. So it's kind of hard for someone who's been doing TV acting for a while because when you do TV acting, you tend to use a lot of technique to protect yourself. So uh, I think um, this is also a breakthrough for her, you know. Yeah, and I think maybe that's why um, her vulnerability comes across in the movies because maybe she herself as an actress is fe- is feeling uncomfortable in some scenes in the role. So you've given her an opportunity <laughs> to to learn and to grow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she was she was in she was nervous. She was very very nervous. Uh, she wasn't sure whether she's good, and she is. You know, she's like, yeah, I mean. She's the one who uh, had a lot of uh, like emotional problem on the set because she wasn't sure whether she's good or not. But she shouldn't be too good because she's actually playing a, an, an actress who is not good at acting. Yeah, so exactly. it's just, uh, yeah, she got really, you know, she got really confused, you know. <laughs> but look, you know, now, now it came across. I mean, the, the, the confusion look you know, came across because she is the character in the crossroad of her life, you know. She's not sure where she's going. She's not sure about acting. She's not sure about her look. So I think it's it's kind of played well, you know. So yeah. so it's a different talents. You got to have different way to uh, bring something out from them. Yeah. Yao Ai Ning plays Kiki, and she's perfect as you know the, the teenage girl who um, is into cosplay yeah. and. Um, that's her whole world is cosplay and she doesn't really know much about the world and she's not really connected to her, to her parents. Tell me about the casting of Yao Ai Ning because I'm sure you must have had a lot of young women who wanted to play this role. Was she easy to cast? No, I mean, in fact, uh, let's be honest, it was easier than I thought because I cast Yao Ai Ning, uh, cast Lin Po Hong and Moon Lee in the first round. You know, so I was lucky that I got them all at once. And uh, Yao Ai Ning was someone, I mean, again, she was same, uh, she's same, you know, she's the same kind of actress as like Annie because she mainly act in the TV. I mean, they don't have much training. So they are, they are, they've been acting in TV drama and some like the melodrama. So her acting is also 
you know, at first when I saw her in previous film, I was just like, oh my God, she looks bad. But um, <laughs> but again, you know, the good thing about casting is you got to meet people in, in person. You know, you, you got to talk to her in person and then you realize that it's not that she's bad. I, I guess it might be the director who doesn't know how to use her. And also, to be honest, she's 31 year old. What? She's 31 year old <gasps> because I knew, you know, for someone who uh, looked teenager and who can pull up that kind of role, you cannot cast any underage uh, talent to play that. I mean, you know, I'm going to get complaint from the parents. So that's why I'm looking for someone who is actually legal, but <laughs> can play the teenager. So she's, she's actually uh, one of the oldest in the group. She does an incredible job. She's then. actually older than Moon. She is actually older than Moon Lee. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's a revelation. Now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the there's one character in the film that I just love. This is uh, Ding Ning, who plays uh, the masseuse, Lady Xiao. Oh my goodness, Wee Ding! I I love this character. I love this actress because you can see her life experience on her face. And um, what was it like to shoot her, to direct her? I don't know if you have seen my previous film, Cities of Last Things. Um, um, she she, uh, she won a like, Golden Horse Award of her role. I haven't and seen she, it. She, I haven't seen it. We uh, yeah. haven't seen it weaving, but yeah. I'm going to. Yeah. I have to because I want right, to see right. her. Yeah, she's she's uh, she was great in that film, and then because of that film, we know each other very well. I just basically wrote this character for her. You know, when I wrote this character, I know it's her, and um, we we know each other so well that she actually trusts me enough to be. She, she told me she's trying to be very loose on the set, meaning that compared to the last film, you know, she tried very hard, but this time she's like trying to be playful on the set, trying to be improvised. So, and then she even got herself drunk. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, not drunk, it's like tipsy. I mean, you know, because she thinks that character drinks all the time. She's an alcoholic. So on the set, she sometimes drinks. So it makes her relax. So the way she interacts with, the Ming Liang character is, you know, just just her way of styling, uh, like by acting, you know. So um, I wasn't given her much to do. I mean, you know, I trust her enough to create her own way of characters, you know. I just give her the scene and then she came in uh, with that kind of thing, yeah. The lighting on her, uh, Jean-Louis Vieillard, Vieillard, yeah. Vieillard uh, does an incredible job with her and her set that, the set that you designed for her is perfect. And this is, a, she does so much with just her hand smoking a, a cigarette. It's just, uh, she's very compelling. Um, so if I you, will if tell you, her that, yeah. Please, please <laughs> tell her that she has a huge fan over here in Toronto <laughs> uh, because she is just man, oh man. I, I love her. Um, yeah. We ding. I, I wish sure. I could talk to you more about this film, but we've got a wrap and I hope uh, introducing okay. your cast uh, to my audience um, intrigues them enough to see this film about what's going on besides the headlines and to see these wonderful actors. Uh, I think you need to start an acting school. <laughs> we ding. 
acting. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, because uh, you, you've done an incredible job with these young actors, and I'm sure they've discovered so much more about themselves than they realized before they started working with you. So thank you very much for doing yeah, this interview with so. me. Yeah. It's, it's been a pleasure thank talking you. to you. Thank you. Hope to see you again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. CIUT 89.5, the sound of your city. Stream CIUT at www.ciut.fm.
You're listening to CIUT 89.5 FM. This is Donna G, the more the merrier. And joining me now from Warsaw is director Aga Woschinska to talk about her film Silent Land, which screened at the Toronto International Film Festival. Aga, thank you for joining me. I know you're jet lagged, so I really appreciate you doing this interview. Thank you, and hello to all who listens to us right now. Do you want to say a greeting to the Polish listeners here in Toronto? Oh, of course. Uh, witam wszystkich słuchaczy. Bardzo jestem szczęśliwa, uh, że nas słuchacie. Wiem, że sporo osób z Toronto było na mojej premierze uh, i mam nadzieję, że jeszcze niektórzy z was poszli na późniejsze pokazy, także bardzo wam dziękuję. Okay, translate for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just said that I'm... Uh, I'm saying hello to all Polish listeners, and I know that a lot of Polish audience was on my premiere, and maybe on the uh, they will maybe and I invited them to maybe attend the later screening in Toronto. Okay, so um, so you had a screening here at, at the festival, and uh, how was it? It was amazing, you know. Uh, I didn't expect such a good uh, feedback from um, audience because it was really nice that I had uh, Q&A after, not with journalists, who I really like, of course, but like with, you know, ordinary people mm-hmm. who really want to get to know about my film, about working with my actors, about the title, about sound and cinematography, about working with, yeah. Uh, with all my crew, so uh, I, I, I read the, the audience was really interested, and it was. Uh, and after um, the premiere, they were thanking, they were saying thank you, Aga, for this film. So uh, yeah, it was really amazing moment. So it seemed like your your audience already asked you all the questions that I'm going to ask you today. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a good Q and A, but um, tell me about. Let's talk about the title, Silent Land. Um, does it say the same in the Polish title? Uh, yes, uh, it's in Polish, it's Cicha uh, Ziemia. This film is not a fast-paced film. Um, it moves very slowly and is a character study of these, of this couple, this particular couple, um, and an event that happens while they're on vacation in, in Italy. I know that you studied um, anthropology and culture, and I could see, really see that in this film, because in watching it, I'm wondering who who is this couple? What is their background? Um, tell me about writing this script, Aga. First of all, I would like to say that it's not just my script because I wrote the script with my brilliant co-writer uh, Piotr Jaksalitvin. We were mm-hmm. studying together at the film school, who is a very very smart and intelligent person. And um, coming back to my characters. I know that it may seem to be very obvious because I have like very blonde, pale people like from IKEA commercial against, <laughs> yes, against an uh, Arab Rahim. So it may be obvious, but uh, on the other hand, I think that nothing else is obvious in the film. Actually, um, you you asked me about the characters, yes? Or yes, about the characters, because to me, watching this couple, they're like the the perfect Aryan-looking um, athletic couple that could have been, you know, in the 1930s Olympics. They're so gorgeous to look at. And so... Yeah, of course, they look like this because I wanted them to look like this. It's like ideal couple comes to 
ideal island and rents ideal house, but actually nothing is ideal. So I wanted this contrast between how they look and how they may be seen from other people's perspective to what actually is happening, you know, with them, because uh, these are people who you may not like, of course, and I'm, I know that a lot of viewers may not like my couple, but because of that, I wanted to show what's wrong with them. I mean, that they identify comfort with happiness, that they like, uh, it's kind of a picture of 30-something Europeans who really want to lead a good life, but they are blind for everything that is happening around. They don't have, they, they don't have empathy. They cannot communicate not only with the world, but uh, in between each other because they don't have feelings because like bad feelings, uh, it's like they, they would, they prefer not to have any feelings than to feel bad, you know? And I like to call the state of my characters, like emotional bankruptcy. And yes, yes. And it, it does come across, Aga, it does, comes across quite clearly um, from the beginning because, you know, they look like the perfect couple, but they are so not. Um, they're, 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 ice, they're a bit icy. Um, they're in a beautiful surroundings. But, you know, when you, you meet them initially, um, they have this beautiful sea um, around them but they're concerned with the swimming pool and they're having dinner but they're talking about the renovations on their home in in Poland and just totally ignoring the beauty around them and yeah. even their um even the, the way they they even the way they have sex is so clinical and uh very dispassionate it's like they're going through the motion. So, um, as a viewer, I'm I'm fa I'm fascinated by this couple, even though I don't like them. I'm fascinated mm -hmm. by by how they behave. What made you want to write a, a film or, or to take a chance? You and your co-writer take a chance of making a film where the protagonists are not very likable. I have to mention that I made my short diploma film called Fragments which was premiere uh, at Cannes in Director's Fortnite uh, section. Oh, so many years ago, it was 2014. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> just making me realize it was so, <laughs> so long ago. And it was about the same couple, Anna and Adam, played by the same actors, uh, Agnieszka Żuleska and Dobromir Dymetski. And also uh, uh, they were just, you know, emotional bankrupts, but it was settled in Warsaw. But I already knew that this, 25 minutes is not enough to actually get to know my characters, uh, to maybe not like them, but maybe forgive them, especially Adam, because I would like to defend Adam, because to me, he's the only one to, uh, who changing. And on the other hand, when I was writing the script, the um, this big and awful catastrophe and tragedy on Lampedusa happens. And I knew I wanted to shoot the films, the film in Italy. So I just, you know, and I want to make a comment on it. So I just make all of this no. Aga, can you remind people about the Lampedusa and what happened? Well, it was a big tragedy because the people from um, North Africa went desperately to enter Europe because uh, they had to escape. And there was a lot of people on one boat and 
there was uh, the boat sank and most of them died and it was in 2013 if i remember correctly and it was like the first big tragedy of migrants who are who want to enter europe i could also refer to the title it's like silent land because it's the land who don't want to speak about the tragedy as, as as my my characters are but i don't want to blame just italy i think it's whole europe and the whole world actually especially now when this tragedy in afghanistan happened and uh, people desperately want to want our help but we are closing our eyes and our borders so unfortunately my film is like very actual right now yes this is something that we we see over and over again with um with you know immigrants trying to escape to 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 safety and you do reference it in your film and people need to watch and listen to your film very carefully because there is a reference in a phone call back home um where you know there's a mention of of workers and we know these workers are are immigrants um and uh so you do reference it um that it's not just in in Italy but um, so into this world of this perfect couple of Adam and Anna come this uh, migrant worker and a tragedy um, happens. Can you say the name of your actor who played the um, the pool attendant, the pool worker? Sorry, uh, Rahim. You mean the pool worker? Yes, yes. yes Rahim. Yeah. Rahim and his real name is Ibrahim Keshk and he is from he's based in Rome. And how did you end up casting him? Well, I had a great, great uh, casting director, and that's why, because of her, I, 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 um, I found uh, Ibrahim. Amazing, I can tell you the anecdote, because he is a very sensitive person. He actually is kind of famous in Rome, but he doesn't want to be uh, um, an actor, because he doesn't want to pay so much attention on him, but he wants to be a nurse, and he's studying as a nurse boy. Oh, and yeah. So it's he's really sensitive and really nice. And he said to me that he, he, he liked the script because he felt it's like very important. So, yeah. Another aspect of your film is the you mentioned Adam and the character development. And I notice um, from the beginning of the film where you have um, tightly enclosed shots and then um, after the tragedy, the the spaces sort of open up and open up, and it's almost like um, a different vision of this couple now that we're seeing, and we see Adam changing. So uh, can you tell me firstly about um, the contrast in shooting those tightly closed spaces and then opening up um, your set in the camera? Uh, well, actually it was, uh, I don't know if I understood your, your, your question correctly, but actually it was like the, we started the film with the white shot and then after the tragedy, we went to the close up, yes? No, well, the way I see the film, in the beginning, we have um, Adam and Anna, and we see them in in the room, in their room. And those shots you see sometimes partially Adam in the in the bathroom, and then it's a very close, not close up, but close closer shot of the the interior of their space. Um, and then after the tragedy, I noticed that we see more of the villa. And the perspective of the room changes a bit, kind of like this is our way of learning more about the couple. Am I reading too much into that? 
No, it's it's really interesting what you said because I was not thinking about how I photograph the space, but more how I photograph my actors, uh, because it was our aim with my brilliant cinematographer Bartosz Świniarski to uh, like because this film is very distant, like the couple is very distant, and uh, we want to tell about and we want to speak about this that the. Before the accident, we are not using any close-ups. We shoot everything on 35 millimeters lens, or only Rahim we shot in 50 millimeters lens. And after the accident, we actually, just after the accident, we actually can see the first close-ups of my characters. And But still, we are very distant. And of course, we reveal more space after, after the accident, but that's really interesting what you said, because I wasn't thinking about this like this so I, I, I thank you that you interpreted it <laughs> that's why it's interesting to to talk to the directors and uh, so that's how I interpreted um, the film so that's my perspective that's what I bring to the film and I always tell people when you watch a film you bring yourself to the film and all yes. of your experiences and that's uh, the most beautiful actually what you can do because like you cannot judge interpretation you know it's like something that it's just yours and right it's very personal yeah. yeah so i also see um uh in terms of masculinity um i see adam changing bit by bit as he's impacted um by the tragedy and you ask your male actor to be very vulnerable um on screen um, how did you, I know um, you said, you know, the character, the actor playing Adam was in your your short film, but um, how did you sort of prepare him for the, the scenes um, in Silent Land where he had to be vulnerable? First of all, he's a very intelligent person and he's a great friend of mine. So we didn't have any distance. Uh, most of the work, actually 90% of the work we did not even before the shooting, but before rehearsals. It was just talking and talking and talking, talking about his character, that he is narcissistic and what a narcissism is. Not like this, you know, narcissist that you can call like literal way, but something more deep, deep, deep and from what it comes. And uh, so so most of our work was just, just talking. And when we came to um, to the location, we could have like, one week of rehearsals on the location, but we didn't want to overact it. Especially Agnieszka Żuleska, the uh, Anna character, she, she doesn't like rehearsals and I totally understand it because you can, I don't know how to tell it, say it in English, but burn yourself maybe. I mean, like doing too much. Yeah, uh, burn, burn, you can get burnout or you just lose the energy. Burnout. Yeah, yeah. or you just lose the energy of, of the scene if you, re if you oh, over rehearse. Yeah. 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 Mostly it was we were talking. I was give I was um, giving him books about uh, narcissism, but the deep, this kind of a deep, deep narcissism. And uh, he was reading it, and then we were talking. So it most yeah. As I said before, most of our work was uh, you know when we were sitting and drinking coffee and talking. Mm -hmm. But you do address the issue of um, of masculinity in how he responds to the tragedy. Yes, but you know, I think that both of them, they see the accident and they both have 
two hands, two legs and brain. So they both supposed to react. I don't want to put the blame that they did just Adam supposed to react. Right, and exactly. I, so I think it's both. And Anna is even worse because she's putting blame on here, on him. And I know it's like when we think about archetypes and masculinity, that it's the guy that's supposed to defend her woman and so on. But come on, we're living, it's like, you know, 21st century and we want to be equal. So if you want to be equal at work and if you want to be equal at home, why don't we want to be equal when we have to react on the accident? Yes, and that's an interesting um, commentary that you're making in the film. And also in, um, Anna is sort of um, disparaging towards Adam in her in how she behaves with him. But as you said, it's both of them. And, yeah. you know, he is the one that kind of has a breakthrough after the accident in terms of getting in touch with his own emotions, where she she stays the same. Yeah, she just wants to come back to Warsaw to this established patterns of you know, of uh, uh, living, you know, to just go jogging every morning, then go to work, then come back, have a sex and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But I think that what happens, I, I don't want to spoil the ending of my film, but what happens in the last scene, it means that I'm, I don't know when, if they come back to also, if they will be still together, but even if they will be still together, it won't be the same because it's always, always, a kind of the visitor, as I call him, will be in between them. Yes. And I see I see an active um, liberation in the character of Adam because there's a shot um, on the beach where he's sort of curled up and he comes to a realization of, of himself and acceptance of what has happened and, and who he is. So I see a breakthrough in, in, in Adam from the beginning of the film. And yeah. I think it's very interesting that it's the man that's having this breakthrough, because as you said, we normally expect this from the woman. Yeah, and it's really interesting because at the beginning, uh, you know, I, I have read a lot of nice reviews after after premiere, but some people are, uh, they compare my film to First Measure by Oslo. Oh, and yes, I've seen that. I've seen that film. Yeah, the man didn't react and so on. But okay, my man didn't react, but at the end, He's the one who actually can face the truth and can face what, and because of what he's doing, I don't want to spoil, but what he's doing with the dog, it's also like a kind of, because he couldn't help in that moment that he's supposed to help by the pool. So he's helping right now. And he's, right. facing, mm-hmm. and he's facing his uh, deeper, deeper um, fears because he is afraid of what's happening underwater. And at the end, he's doing this. So... It's an in- initiation. Yeah, I don't know the right word in English, but when how to call when you become from a boy to a man. Yes, it's like a coming. It's a coming of age is is a term that we use. But this is a coming of age for somebody who is much much older. Um, it's more like what uh, you use when you're thinking about the tribes. I let me see in my dictionary because like, it's, it's like very, yeah, it's, it's it's like a, an initiation into um, adulthood. Right, because and, yeah, and, yeah, and acceptance. Yeah. It's it's yeah, a yeah. yeah, it's a marking it's a marking point. Yeah, and uh, that's why uh, I needed more screen time. That in my short film, that he wasn't really present, but I, mm-hmm. I want to defend him. Yeah, that's why I said it's it's 
it's very fascinating to watch um, this couple and how they react in each scene and how they react um, to the others that are on this island with them. Because different, we see different parts of their personality in the couple they meet, in the police station. And also, you, you know, you do have a commentary, I guess I should say worldview, because there are a lot of countries that are not very accepting of, of immigrants. And they are in Italy, where it's so dependent on the tourist dollars. Um, that perspective is shown as well. In watching this film, I'm connecting all these different dots in terms of you know, the narcissism of the, you know, the the upper middle class and the sort of gray area of tourism and, and, and whose life really matters. I see all of that happening in your film. But I also see, besides the, the commentary, I see a very beautiful film. And I know you've worked with your cinematographer before, Bartaj. Um, Thank you very much. Um, so how did you two work together in putting this film together? For one second, I will behave uh, as like as his agent because he should um, Apple in Greek, Greek, Greek film that was a candidate for Oscar, Greek candidate for Oscar. So uh, he's really talented. And, um, you know, it's really it's amazing when you work with the same person not only because he's talented, but only because he's your really great friend and you already did something together and you know that you want to make the same kind of, um, let's call it slow cinema uh, again. So he sometimes, not sometimes, like mostly, he uh, he knew what I have in my head. So I, we, we, and we were so prepared because we did a um, photo board before that on the set, Actually, we, we didn't have a reason to talk too much to each other because he already knows what I have in my head. And it was a brilliant, a brilliant cooperation. Yeah. The beginning of the film is very bright white. And then later there are some scenes that are that are very warm. Um, am I reading into that or <laughs> is this something that you storyboarded? It's not, it's, everything is changing, actually, as you uh, not only colors, not only uh, the perspective when you see other people, not only framing, because when you go deeper, deeper in the story, more of things are happening beyond the frame, mm -hmm. which was really interesting for us not to show too much. So, uh, and the sound is changing actually. So when you go deeper, deeper into the story, many things are changing and I'm, I'm really happy that you recognize it. Yes, and the absence of music as well. Yeah. Um, that yes. was very daring. Yes, you know, uh, it was um, my failure would be if at the end I would think, oh, I need the music because the film is not okay. <laughs> So it was my dream, even with my previous film at film school in Lodz, I, I did every, every film without the music, because to me, music emphasizes emotions. It tells you, well, now you're supposed to be scared. Now you're supposed to cry. And I didn't want it because I, what I wanted is just pure uh, connection between viewers and the screen. I don't want to make in between any commentary with my statement or with music statement. And I had a really great, um, great uh, sound uh, director from Prague, Czech Prague, uh, Marek Poledna, and he knew 
what I want to do. That actually in silent plant, like um, sound design is a soundtrack. Oh, I could uh, I could call it like this. And yes, exactly, exactly. I keep telling telling people um, when you're listening to to music, the silence is as important as the notes. And Silent Land doesn't need music. I applaud you for being so daring. It's not easy to do uh, slow cinema in today's world. So thank you very much, Aga, for, for, for doing that and presenting this wonderful film. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for, for uh, our talk, actually. It was very nice. And I'm really grateful that you found in my film something more that I could find. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to The More The Merrier. This is Donna G. Before I sign off, just want to let you know the music that I played during this hour. You heard Alo Alo by Zap Mama at the beginning of the show, followed by TikTok by Black Sam. Then you heard Lillian Allen, Love Has No Limits. And I'm going to leave you with Jane Bonnet and Moving On. In between all of that, you heard my interviews from the Toronto International Film Festival with Taiwanese director Wei Ding Ho about his film Terrorizers. And then you heard Aga Voschinska about her film Silent Land. Oh, and I know many of you, when you were listening to my interview with uh, Polish director Aga, the phrase we were both searching for, rite of passage. Just wanted to share that with you in case you were wondering. Hope you enjoy the show and want to get in touch with me. You can do that by going to www.ciut.fm. My contact information is there. My socials are at TMTM with Donna G on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Bye-bye. Oh, oh, oh.